welcome to the At Ramsey Heights podcast, your source for all of our audio messages at Ramsey Heights Baptist Church in Batesville, Arkansas. This is Pastor Brian Coates, and I hope this encouragement from God's Word connects with you and helps guide you through your next steps on your journey with God. Enjoy today's message. I know that was something that uh, he wasn't accustomed to doing either. I'm going to move that. Uh, so thank you for doing that. Much how I'm not accustomed to doing this either. So, but as I've come to, to learn, you know, if I can get it through without crying, um, you know, God will, our God's that good. And He will get me through this as He did Rick, and hopefully we'll all be good. Okay, well, again, good morning. Um, <coughs> I would like to, uh, it's my church family, uh, I would like to ask you guys to uh, pray for Kim and I uh, from this point forward. Uh, pray for us that, that God continues to open our eyes to the things he would have us to do. Pray that he gives us courage to do it. You know, that's a big thing is uh, having that courage. And we, we even talked about it uh, some today in our classes just seeing what God has in store for you and having courage to do it. And when you do, uh, it's absolutely amazing. And that's how, that's how our God works. Um, so bear with me, y'all. I, you know, I don't know how to present this. Uh, you know, I know that he'll grow me in this role. Uh, I've never, you know, so if I read a lot, uh, hopefully I'll get better at that. Um, I, I do want to thank Brother Brian uh, for his confidence in me, um, for his advice, his guidance. Um, he's given me this opportunity today to uh, deliver this message. And uh, believe it or not, it was already planned uh, before last week. Uh, he had, we had, I've been talking to him for a while about you know things I was feeling and feeling led to do and I wasn't really sure um, I'm that kind of person um, I'll uh, dissect it to death you know just trying to figure out are you sure that's what you're saying I'm not yeah so brother Brian has been you know we've been talking um, first January 1st I believe I give a devotional that was kind of an attempt to further get answers and then he suggested uh, he, he knew he was going to be out today he's had this plan for some time and he said speak that day he said if you want to he said it could give you some more answers and I thought yeah that's a good idea I'll do that yeah so I did and but you know and 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 that's how wonderful our God is is Leading up to that point, I thought, okay, the 26th I'll speak, and, and then maybe I'll know more. And then, lo and behold, uh, Kim and I went through last week, and it was a matter of me just deciding to quit fighting. And uh, so... God uh, laid it upon my heart last week, as y'all know, uh, to surrender to the ministry. And it was such a relief. And it really was. And I had people like, eh, are you relieved? And I'm like, yeah. And I am. 
uh, it's just it's scary and uh, you know it's a, it's a big thing to me you know my God is a big thing and so as uh, those of you who were here last week know God laid it on my heart gave me the answers I sought before today that's how he works and of course I surrendered last week to the ministry then then uh, you know I thought well okay I've got to start preparing something for figuring out how to and, and uh, you know figuring out what God wanted me to say and and uh, as you seek him and as you grow and it it just it's amazing when you start realizing oh okay I see what you're saying there and the feeling it gives you is just uh, it's nothing it's almost indescribable but so I come up with a message um, I come up with something that was laying on my heart so I'm going to hopefully I've laid it out where you can understand it and uh, we'll get through this and I'm excited so I would like to start in prayer uh, let's ask God to bless this gathering and be with us today so if you'd bow your heads please Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for this day. Um, we thank you for bringing us this opportunity, Father, to come to your house, come uh, together in fellowship with each other, Father, to praise and worship, study, to seek you. And Father, we do this together. We do this to build each other up, to grow each other. And, and Father, we just pray that you just open our hearts, open our eyes so that we receive your word today, so that you write it upon our hearts, so that we are better disciples, that we are better disciple makers. Father, I just pray that you use me today, that you give me the words to say so that it gets to the out in an understanding tone and Father, that we just continue to grow in your will, carry out your will, Father. And we just thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, please open them to Romans chapter 6. Uh, Romans chapter 6. That's where my message will be today. Um, the Apostle Paul in uh, writing this letter to the church in Rome presenting the facts that God justifies sinners on the basis of faith alone. Thus we have justification. Brother Brian's been going through Romans as a matter of fact just so happened. Um, and then he takes off and I was wanting to do six uh, just another example. Uh, Paul now, in this chapter, he starts moving from justification to demonstrating the practical ramifications of salvation. To those who have been justified, now we move to sanctification. And sanctification simply means to set apart for special use or purpose to make holy or sacred. So it is this change brought about by God in a believer. So in this chapter, Paul is continuing to focus 
on the believer, the follower of Christ, who has placed their faith in Jesus, and he concentrates on our relationship with sin. And so as we will start uh, at verse 1, if you would read along with me. Verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under the grace. And hold your books there. Hold, hold your books open. We're, we're going to kind of go back and repack this. Paul begins in verse 1, posing the question, could a believer willfully sin and grace would abound? He actually started this thought in the previous chapter, Verse 20 of chapter 5, he wrote, Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Paul knew his critics would think this. Um, during these times, um, there was a lot of critics trying to nitpick everything Paul preached. I mean, after all, why not send up a storm so God's grace can just abound like crazy? Or maybe even the thought, if I just have to believe to be saved, then why can't I just live how I want? Well, Paul answers that in verse 2 with a resounding, God forbid. Uh, some translations say, certainly not. Others say, may it never be. He then tells us 
the next verse, that we are dead to sin. That so many of us, as we're baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death. Now here we see baptized, and I know that my, it made my mind immediately go to water baptism. We, we see that as, we see that here as Brother Brian baptizes, um, uh, first of all baptized, which means immersed. Uh, it's not, you know, we, we see the, the, uh, the act of, of, of being baptized. We know it is a biblical step in our proclamation of, of our faith we have placed in Christ. But it is a picture of what has happened on the inside. And that is what Paul is talking about here. Once somebody places saving faith in him, they are spiritually immersed, baptized into the person of Christ. That is the baptized. That's what Paul is talking about here. Remember, he's talking to the church in Rome. He's talking to believers, those who have done this. And we're moving into our sanctification. When baptized in Christ, the realities of Christ's righteous work now becomes the realities in the position of the believer. Christ's death broke the power of sin. No longer does sin have control over the heart and soul of the believer. No longer does sin have control over the believer. Full immersion in water, as I said, pictures Christ's death. So it also pictures the believer's death to sin in the work of Christ. In Galatians chapter 2 verses 20, it reads... I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. We see in verse 7, the believer is freed from sin in that he is dead or separated from the power of the old nature of sin. In verse 6, he calls it our old man. And the, the Greek word for old uh, doesn't mean something old in years. It means something worn out, useless. Which means for us, believer... We have a new master to serve, and that's Jesus Christ. This dead means that the sin nature, and those sins that are always knocking, always trying to grab us. You've heard, in my, I had a devotional uh, earlier in the year where I talked about we have pots. Uh, we have these pots up here, and we got to, you water this one or you water this one. That's, that's, that's our sin nature, always fighting our flesh, always fighting against the Holy Spirit that is now indwelled in us. And those sins, you know, you've always got those. You've heard people say, you know, I just, there's those sins that I just can't shake. That sin is always, hey, Jared, every day. 
Well, that sin, that knocking, should no longer have dominion over our life. Paul is very clear here. Or over our actions. He goes on in verses 9 and 10. Tell us Jesus Christ died at the cross. He paid the price for the sins of the world once and for all. Isaiah the prophet wrote in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Amen. In Psalms 119 verse 176, the psalmist wrote, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. I think we're like sheep. Get the theme. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Recognizing that Jesus lives to die no more gives us believers a basis for hope of eternal life. We will enjoy that same separation from sin and from death as did Jesus. To be a believer, you experience this. You are given this separation from sin. Jesus said in John 14, verse 19, because I live, ye shall live also. The only remaining repository where sin finds the believer vulnerable is our brain. Makes sense. It's our thinking process. That's where sin finds us still yet vulnerable. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Our thinking process where sin tempts our soul with lust. Lust is an emotion. Lust is a psychological force producing intense, underlying intense desire for something. The sinner's body often lusts for things of this world, even things which God forbids. Paul admonished these believers rather to yield themselves to God. Let's pick back up uh, and back up at verse 15. I want to, I'll read it from there. Verse 15. What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Verse 17, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men, because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanliness, 
and to iniquity, unto iniquity. Even so, now yield your members, servants to righteousness, unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things, whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul knows how to bring it home, don't he? So being under the grace rather than the law, believers should not live as if they are under the law. That kind of life would be, or would entail trying to live by the demands of the law in order to accomplish salvation. We all are sinners before God. None can by our good works change our sin and condemnation before God. Paul shows we cannot be unsaved. It's very clear. We cannot lose our salvation. Christ died once and for all. He tells us we are not under the law, but under grace. The believer, though born again, baptized into Christ, immersed in Christ, changed in spirit, remains living in a body that is subject to nature. Every day that sin's a knocking. Every day. Each and every day we have a choice, believer. Verse 16. We can submit our bodies to the lust of the flesh, or we can submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's that lust of the flesh. Verse 17, for the flesh lusteth, lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. It's that battle. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. The mind, it's in the mind. The mind is where the battle ensues. You, as the believer, will choose the path you take each day. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, the last part of that verse, I die daily. And what he meant here was that Paul, this is the apostle Paul, what he meant here was that he made a fresh decision daily to yield to the Spirit, not to the flesh. John MacArthur wrote in one of his books, and I, I, I love this quote, so I wrote it down. Read it to you. Like a vicious animal, sin's appetite only grows when it is fed. Which pot are you watering? Is what it's asking. Paul in verse 20 
reminded the believers in Rome that when they were servants of sin or servants of the sinful flesh, they were free of righteousness. They did not live their lives for God. All that they yielded brought nothing of value to their lives. If you're still not a believer, all that you do in your life will yield nothing of value to your life. That's what Paul says. We as believers will face these same daily issues as did the church in Rome. And if you are still not a child of God, you too, because you live your life free from righteousness. All you yield brings nothing of value. Therefore, those things were cause for being ashamed. In verse 22, the believers in Rome had by far, had by faith in Christ, became free from the condemnation from sin. In Romans 8, 1, he wrote, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Their new lives in Christ would lead to everlasting life as opposed to the death, as Paul mentioned earlier in the chapter. The last verse in the chapter, he reminds them of the fruit of sin nature. He refers to it as wages. Wages refers to that which is given to a person as a payment for labor. And of course, we know those of us who have jobs that you are you receive a wage for your labor. We know Adam transgressed against God and brought death. That sin nature was passed on through all humanity. Every single one of us has a sin nature or the curse of death. But Paul finishes the verse in that the opposite of the curse of death is the gift of eternal life. This gift of God is by grace, something given by favor rather than as a wage. Wage is something earned. We cannot earn our salvation. Thank God, because we wouldn't. This gift of life comes by grace, the unmerited favor of God. And again, it cannot be earned. God the Father gave this gift as the giver of life. And it comes through Jesus Christ. And I want to, as we close this, as Rick comes forward, uh, a moment of invitation, I just want to kind of go over as as Paul laid out for us here the believer in Christ remember who this letter was wrote to we have a choice every day believer we have a choice each day that that sin that I mentioned it's always knocking every day every day you wake up Satan's like maybe today maybe today and so you see, as we were set free from sin, as Paul says, you know, he, they reference a lot of slavery. 
as we're set free from that sin, that slavery, that, that yoke of sin, freedom brings choices. I mean, if you're a free man, now you got a choice. Before you didn't have a choice. You were subject to the master. So now each day, Paul touches that. Every day he makes a choice. Every day we make a choice. Every day that sin comes a-knocking, you've got the power through Christ to now say no to that sin. It's that simple. Just say no. Christ has given you that power. Every day I've heard people say, you know, there's that sin. You know, I've got that Italian blood in me. You know, you angry. That's an excuse. You've got the power through Christ to say no to that sin, to live in righteousness. We can do it through his power. Each and every day we have to, we have to visit that. Paul said, I die daily. That's the Apostle Paul. I die daily. It's a choice we have as believers each and every day. And maybe today is that day where you're like, you know, he's right. Today, from this point forward, I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to die of that sin. I'm going to make that choice that today, I'm not going to do that gossip at the water table. I'm not going to do that whatever. Whatever that sin is, it's there. It's going to be doing that every single day until you say, no, you're not. Because Christ has empowered you to do that. That's what the Apostle Paul says. And if it's you, if you're here today and you have not taken that step, then everything you're doing in your life, according to him, it brings shame. Call upon him today. You have the power. He will empower you. He will take that yoke of bondage away from you. He will give you that power if you call upon it each and every day. And we know that we do that through prayer and seeking Him every day. Today's the day. It starts now. Take that power. Get that power. Draw that power. Call upon Him. And you can say no to that knocking sin.